is up, homies? I brought in two bros to help me bet on this March Madness 2023 NCAA bracket. I'm not even a bracket guy, so hopefully these guys come through and help me out. I got the homie Grayson Weir, just college sports savant. You guys probably remember him from um, our college football bowl game preview. Grayson, welcome back, brother. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's, we, we're here for the college football postseason. Now we're back for college basketball this season. It's the, the second most wonderful time of year. So we're, uh, we'll try to make it even better by, by winning some money this time. That's a hot take. Wait, you prefer college football bowl season over March Madness? I prefer college football over college basketball. Fair enough. Um, just the bowl season kind of sucks. It's been diluted over recent years because of opt-outs and transfer portals. I don't disagree, but football is football, and March is awesome. I mean, this is March. It's the it's it's the best. We're we're Wait, glad to be here. to the part where you call Grayson a savant. I mean, come on. Like, I, I get hyping up your guests so that like people think their credentials are higher than they are, and I appreciate you doing that for me every time. But savant. I will gladly take the title of Savant. Well, I'm sure you will. With it. I'm, I'm sure, absolutely. If I were you, I would. I'm just saying, like, as the host, like, you don't want to mislead your audience. And that guy kicking down the door and announcing his presence <laughs> is Dan Z, who carried a 60% winning percentage, roughly, in the NFL season. So NFL Savant, if you will. I mean, absolutely an NFL Savant. Um, and both of which, both these guys are as qualified to talk about college basketball, if not more so than me. So I'm going to need some help. I'm not even really a bracket guy, fellas. I am all about survivor pools. Grayson, how many brackets do you fill out? You you strike me as a bracket guy. I only fill one like all the way through, but I have spent the last 36 hours now. I've probably filled out this same bracket six different ways. Jeez. Yeah, I'm with you, dude. I have a paralysis by analysis, like I was saying to you before we started recording. I have been staring at these lines, hoping just to get like an epiphany or just to get some inspiration behind betting some of these games. I actually This is going to be... No, wait. This is a great discussion because Mm. you brought someone on here who is not a bracket of integrity guy. You guys both sound like bracket of integrity guys. Like, I fill out one bracket, and if that's wrong, I'm wrong. No, screw that. The NCAA tournament is a crapshoot, okay? Anyone who thinks they know the answer and like, oh, I fill out one bracket. Like, no, I have a couple teams I like. Some of them happen to be in the same region. I'm going to fill out a couple with those teams. I can't make everyone win. I can't make everyone I like go to the Final Four. But in some permutations, because of the way things go, I don't see that big. Like, I do. I've got 12 right now, if I'm being fully honest with you. I've filled out 12. So it seems like you are being aggressive because you're self-conscious about your 12 brackets. I am not ridiculing you for your 12 brackets. I am just saying that I don't like filling out that many because I get I get nervous. Like I just prefer to bet it all in single games or do the survivor pool. I can't come up with 12 different endings to this one story. Explain the survivor pool because you invited me to one and I've actually never heard of a college basketball. I, I let me say up front, I read the rules and I was like, that is super dope. Um, but explain it for the listener. Cause a lot of people might not know that this exists. Cause I did not until you sent it to me. Grayson, are you familiar with a bracket survivor pool? 
I am not familiar with the bracket survivor pool. And he's a savant. Oh, wow. Well, I'm not to take away that savant title. I'll tell you that. Um, all right. So I was introduced to this bracket pool a few years ago while I was working at USA Today Sports. And it's really the only way I like to bet college basketball, uh, the, the NCAA tournament. It's kind of just like killed my love for brackets. But I'll just go through the rules um, as, they are re- or as they appear here in my email. You may only use a team one time. Any loss eliminates you from the pool. You must select three teams in the first round or the Friday, Thursday, Friday games. If all three teams advance or win, you advance. You need all three, obviously, to win for you to advance. Then you must select two teams in the second round, which is Saturday and Sunday. If both teams win, you select one team per round every round thereafter until you get all the way through and you would need to win nine games. Total seed count is used as the tiebreaker, right? So it awards people that are picking upsets. And um, um, seed count is determined by adding the seed number of all the teams you have selected. That's pretty all right, that's a lot of words. Here's, here's the trick. Thank you. You have to pick winners, but if it gets down to the national championship and the two teams left, you're still alive, but you have already used both teams, you're out. So you can't just pick one seeds in the first round because if you do that, you're going to be out. And if it's two one seeds in the final, like you're automatically eliminated. See, that's the tricky part is that like where you have an NFL survivor, every team plays every week, you know, essentially. So, yeah, you use a team, you can't use them again, but there's always going to be 15 other teams to pick. In this pool, however, you run out of teams to pick because they get eliminated. So you got to kind of thread that line between – Picking winners early, but not winners you think are going to go much further than that round that you're picking them to win. That's what I found so intriguing about it, is really having to thread that needle of, okay, I think, for example, a team I like in the survivor pool is Kansas State. I think Kansas State uh, sticks. But they play Montana State in the first round. And although I'd love to pick an upset, I just don't think Montana State's going to beat Kansas State. But I also don't think Kansas State's winning the tournament or going to the Final Four. That makes them a perfect pick for me in something like this. I think that's well said. Um, I've never, I don't think I've made it to the second weekend and the four years that I've played you gotta this. Get, you got to get five teams right, which seems easy, right? But again, if you're taking, you can't just take one seeds. Grayson, is there a team in this tournament that you like to win either round one or round two, but don't see them making a big run? Like something you would, like a team you would use in this? Tennessee. If if Tennessee makes it past the first round, I don't think they make it past the second. Okay. Because they're going to lose to... Uh, Tennessee's playing they, Louisiana Lafayette, and then they, they play like, either Duke or Oral Duke. Roberts. Or you like, Roberts. Int- so you're, you feel good about Tennessee getting knocked out by Duke? I feel good about Oral Tennessee Roberts. potentially getting knocked out by the Louisiana Lafayette. I'm not picking it. But I, I have Lafayette with the points. So you've now tied yourself in a knot here. So you'd be willing to put down the te- – so you're you're going to say – so what are, what's the number? Uh, well, I have him at 14, but the number the number's down to 11 now, I believe. Okay, so you're trying to middle it, basically. If you were going to – you would pick them in the survivor to win outright, but win within 14 points. Exactly. Okay, fair enough. Jeff, what about you? What about teams, you know, that you think – have a, a nice spot in the first round, but not necessarily someone you'd think would make a deep run. 
Um, I probably am going to pick Penn State here on my mater initially, just because I I think Texas makes it out of the the Midwest. That's a tough first round matchup though for Penn State. It is, but again, you got to thread that needle and you got to accumulate points. So you got to pick some upsets. Um, I'm going to try to avoid any six and 11, five, 12 traps, but it's also not really a trap if it always happens, right? Like I think the 11 seed, the 11 seed is 14 and 10 versus the six seed over the last, what would it be four tournaments or six tournaments, excuse me, which is it's crazy. The 11 seed has a, has a, uh, has a better winning percentage than the six seed, right? So you're looking at the 11 seed. There's I think 34 of the last 37 tournaments, there's been a 12 seed to knock out a five seed. These are things that we all know. It's just finding which one you're willing to risk one of your entries. You can only have a max of three entries. So, uh, but I think the, the my favorite double digit seed, and this is a bit of foreshadowing, is Penn State. Maybe maybe Boise State too. But. So let me kind of give you guys a layout and what to expect here in this podcast. We're going to go region by region. Um, we're going to talk about any games we might have action on or be interested in in that region and then wrap it up with our picks to win the region. Then we'll wrap um, the entire podcast up with our picks to win the national championship. Obviously, any bets that enter our mind or are on our sheets um, initially, we should be talking about, and we will. So first region, the South. Um, the first... I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty much a mountain man here in the first uh, two days. I am I am backing the Mountain West pretty strongly, and I love Utah State over Missouri. I like Utah State so much. They're a 10 seed. I might hold them for later in the tournament to either beat Arizona and or like a Creighton or Baylor. Um, I love their shot profile. I love their experience. That kid Stephen Ashworth can ball the point guard. Um, and Ken Palm, Bart Torvik, two of the biggest college basketball nerds give Utah state better, a 60, better than a 60% chance to beat the seven seed in Missouri. So my first look is I'm going to take Utah state minus one thirty in the, uh, in the first round against Missouri. Any thoughts on that? Wow. Yeah. See, I'm actually interesting that you say that. There are a lot of people that feel like the Aggies are going to get hot and take down an SEC team in the first round. I am not one of them. I'm on the opposite side of things here. I'm going Missouri plus two. I think Mizzou, a lot of people are talking about Utah State. It's rare that a 10 seed is favored over a seven seed. I think if you're getting points for an SEC team that really showed the ability um to create turnovers. They're one of the best in the nation at creating turnovers. Um, they just have to reach 70 points. They are undefeated on the year when they hit 70 points. They have lost seven more games than they have won when they did not reach the 70 point threshold. I don't think Utah state defense has seen an offense like Missouri. I don't think that Utah state's defense is capable of stopping the tigers and first team all sec winger, Kobe Brown, um, who is not only the team's leading scorer, but also the team's leading rebounder. Um, I think two points for a Mizzou team that really showed its ability to come out strong. And I thought it was going to make a deeper run than it did in the SEC tournament. But I think the Tigers are spicy when you're getting two points 
if you can get them at an alternate line at three or four, or if the line keeps moving in that way, which it seems to be moving in Utah State's direction because of people like you, Jeff, I would wait on that and get them with more points because I think this game is going to be fun. And I think it's going to be a lot of scoring. So if there's a way, my other pick in this game too would be a live line. If Utah State and, and Missouri come out slow, out of the gates, which I think is very possible. We see that a lot with first-round games. Both teams often are unable to kind of find the basket. They're getting their bearings. It's a big stage, bright lights. If both teams start slow and that under drops, that over-under number drops from, I believe it's up to like 150 and a half right now. If that gets down closer to 135, you know, 140-ish, hammer the over after a slow start because both of these teams can score and it's going to come down to which team can get the ball in the basket last, in my opinion, and I think that will be Mizzou. So we're on opposite sides to start the day here, Jeff. Uh, How does it feel having a basketball savant basically just be like, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong <laughs> on your own show. People hey, people like Utah State. I just think that there's a lot of value there with two points. And he, oh my God, and he's basically, oh, he's calling you a square. People like Utah State. They're, they're popular amongst <laughs> the public. Well, that doesn't that doesn't match up with the betting splits. According to Veasan, um, close to seventy percent of the money is on is on uh, Missouri here. So it's doing a little uh, reverse line movement, which should make you nervous, right? I mean, the oh, line... how does that feel, basketball savant? He just called you oh, a here square. We go. He here said all the money is on your side. The public loves your side. That's true. The the betting the betting public is there, but people like Utah State as an underdog pick. I think the Tigers get it done, especially with two points. I don't think I don't hate your logic in the sense that Utah State is definitely a trendy pick. My thing is the basketball edge that I give Utah State is Missouri. They are two hundred seven or two hundred sixty six in defensive. Excuse me, three hundred forty seventh and three-point attempt rate allowed. They just allow their opponents to chuck threes. Utah State is 11th in three-point percentage. And you said, well, Utah State hasn't faced a team like Missouri or hasn't defended a team like Missouri. Both these teams actually have pretty similar shot profiles and offensive identity. So, like, Utah State actually practices against a team like Missouri, whereas Missouri just doesn't have the defense to, like, to really, I, I think, make any stops in this matchup. but That's why I like to over if it's a slow start. That's that's going to be my big play I'm sitting on in this game. I'm going to watch that game intently, and if both teams come out slow, I'm hammering that over about halfway into the first half. Um, do you have any looks here in the South region, Dan? Uh, I like Furman quite a bit over Virginia with the points. Uh, I think it opened at six and a half. It's five and a half now. That makes me nervous that it's sliding towards Furman. But the thing about Virginia is number one, they're overrated as a four seed as it is. And number two, they play at an extremely slow pace. And as we know, upsets are built on slow pace, high variance. Uh, Virginia is very ripe for that exact situation to come to fruition. Um, So I think in this region, I would look at Furman plus the points. I like that look too. Remember at the end of the regular season, Dan, when you and I bet Virginia minus four and a half or I was going to bring it up because, but then I was nervous. I was like, wait, how exactly did that play out? Is it going to help my argument or hurt it? Me and 
No, 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 no. It goes back to the point where Virginia is overrated, and they just got lucky in that oh, totally. in that in that matchup. But they were hosting Duke at the end of the regular season. I think they're four and a half, five point favorites, and they needed overtime to cover because they kept missing free throws. I think there were nine of twenty two from the free throw line that game. Okay, so I in and my head I was like, wait, they won and covered. How did I? Like I was like, crap, that's going to hurt my argument. But yes, that's what I was trying to think of. They cannot hit free throws. So if Furman is down a couple late, we should be okay. Right. I mean, if you're going to bet a team to win by margin in the NCAA tournament, they better be able to hit fucking free throws. <laughs> and Virginia you, cannot. Yo, scream that for the people in the back. Yeah. If you're betting a team laying points in the NCAA tournament, make sure they hit free throws. Yeah, make sure it's like Princeton and Yale or whatever the hell that was. And like you'll see this in regular season college basketball, but they'll foul down nine with like fifteen seconds left. Game's over. They don't care. Like in the NCAA I mean, in, tournament, in the, they're yeah, never going to quit. Yeah, your season's over. So like, why would you ever quit? That's For the sure. that's the that's the tough thing about betting the NCAA tournament, which is why I don't love doing point spreads on the tournament because. I've had so many bets where I was like, I was on the right side of that. You know, I'm, I'm at a, I'm at plus seven, and the game has been a one-possession game all game. And then you lose because of that. Like a missed three, foul, missed desperation three, foul. Suddenly you're on the wrong side of a game that's been one possession, and you're getting seven. And you're like, that's ridiculous. I was on the right side. I was on the correct side of this. That's what frustrates me about betting the NCAA tournament. Absolutely. Uh, next or look- the opposite side, where it's like the team that you bet on is ahead and they get fouled late and they miss free throws. And you're like, Dude, miss the front end of a one and one. Like you have that one hurts. Game. You're up five with, you know, 45 seconds left. You get fouled, miss the front end of the one and one. It's like, oh my God. Are we doing this? Yeah. You got plus three and a half and you know it's just dead in the water. Yeah. It's, 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 it's not a, it's not for the faint of heart. So if you're hoping to make your mortgage payments off the NCAA tournament, like be ready to be in for a sweat and a half. Yeah, this is the only month of the year that I actually smoke cigarettes. I'm just chain smoking <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> That's uh, amazing. Uh, next look that I have in the South Region. Again, I'm a mountain man. Um, at least for the first weekend of the tournament, I'm taking five seed San Diego State minus five and a half over Charleston. I feel like we could be oppo. This feels like a Grayson pick. Grayson, do you like Charleston? You SOB. Uh, I'm, I'm so conflicted on this because I love Charleston. I've watched a ton Gosh, of Charleston basketball of this year. I have watched. Your mic was on, Jeff. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have watched so much college basketball, Charleston basketball in particular this season. Who says I, that? What channel? Who says that out loud? What channel was it on? Of Charleston basketball. What I are have, we doing? I have watched more mid-major basketball this year than any year in the past. All right, so Savant title's Savant. back. Yeah. He's, he's back. And I really like what Pat Kelsey is building over there in South Carolina. However, I I the hell is Pat worry Kelsey? the head coach of Charleston. Yeah, I, I got that from the context, but come on. How do you just know that? He just signed a huge extension. Yeah, Dan, he's again. Dan, a huge extension. How do you not know this? He's a big deal. How do I, I not know this? Deal. He's building something special down there in South Carolina. Is he related to Travis or Jason? He or is Donna? Donna's a, more fa- Donna's a more famous Kelsey than Pat. Um, the question now is whether San Diego State, they, they are one of the best teams in the country at defending the preliminary three, and that's where Charleston makes a lot of its 
money is with this inside outside kind of perimeter three offense. Um, so I'm actually picking San Diego state outright to beat Charleston um, in my bracket, but I think Charleston is an interesting pick with the points. I, again, I grabbed all of these underdogs right when these lines open. So I, my numbers are a little bit skewed. So I have Charleston at plus eight and a half, um, which is like a, a huge number. Um, I think you could play them up to plus five and a half um, and the Cougars will keep things close so long as San Diego State's defense doesn't just absolutely annihilate them, which I think is a possibility. Um, so I, I've been so back and forth on it because we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast. I loved Charleston. I thought Charleston was going to make a sweet 16 run. They got a really bad matchup in San Diego State. San Diego State's defense matches up with Charleston's offense to a T. Um, so it's just a matter of whether Charleston can find a way to navigate that offense or not. And I think that they will to some extent, but I don't know if they can pull it out outright. I hate, I hate to interrupt this college basketball podcast, but I know Jeff has the internet open and he must be losing his mind right now. Did you just see what happened? No. The Giants just traded for Darren Waller. I like it. Okay, we could go back to our regularly scheduled programming, but like we got a Giants fan here. I figured at some point he was going to see it and be distracted, so I was like, let's get it out of the way. We're taping this at 2.30 Eastern on Tuesday. You'll know that by the timestamp on Tom Pelissero's tweet. Giants trade for Darren Waller from the Raiders to add to Danny Dimes. Jeff, quick analysis, Waller to the Giants, and then we get right back to it. I mean, he's by far our best pass-catching weapon right now, and – I like the two tight end looks with him and Daniel uh, Daniel Bellinger. Um, and I think if you use a first-round draft pick over a wide receiver, we could go from a pretty embarrassing wide receiver pass-catching unit to a sneaky, decent one, especially, I mean, Saquon Barkley, they already franchise-tagged him, and he's obviously a dual threat out of the backfield. I like the weapons that they're building around Daniel Jones, and I like Darren Waller. I, I, Obviously, the health is a big issue. I mean, that's that's really the only issue, actually. I mean, he's... And I think he played some college basketball. Speaking of which... Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego State, they are six <laughs> in adjusted rating since uh, the beginning of February. Charleston, 66. This opened at more, minus five and a half, or minus four and a half. And people are seeing Charleston with 30 wins. And they're betting Charleston, but it's up from four and a half to five and a half. Like you said, San Diego State has the perfect defense for Charleston. They play fast, they chuck threes. San Diego State seventh in defensive three point percentage. If Charleston's going to waste possessions trying to hit threes, I think San Diego State's going to live with that and contest them. San Diego State's one of the most experienced teams. They have one of the most. They have some of the most continuity in the uh, NCAA tournament. I also am going to go back to this, but the Mountain West is underrated. They're six in net efficiency as a conference. The Colonial Athletic Association is 26. Charleston's 301st in ex- experience, which kind of goes to your point about Pat Kelsey just doing a hell of a job, but I think they're going to get their asses handed to them in the first round by San Diego State. I think this is one of those things where it's like, this 30-win-12 team is going to get a lot of love from the public because 12 seeds usually beat 5 seeds. San Diego State isn't on a lot of a lot of people's radar, so people will be running to take the points with Charleston. I'll, 
I'll raise. I'll go a step further. I like them. They're my favorite long shot in this region at plus nine hundred to make the final four. I don't hate that. Arizona's my favorite to win this region. I think everything around Alabama and Brandon Miller eventually catches up, and it just becomes, especially once the national media really starts swarming, um, I think it's going to be a big problem for Alabama at some point. I like Arizona to win this region, but if I were going to sort of, you know, of my 12 brackets, I have a couple with San Diego State coming out. Now, again, they're plus 900. I'm not saying San Diego State's going to win this region, but at 9-1, to one, uh, I think they have a better than nine and ten or one in ten shot of, of reaching the final four out of this region. Grayson, do you have a game, another game you like in the South, or do you have like a sleeper or your pick for the South? I, I think my sleeper in the South, I think UCSB could take down Baylor. I think Baylor's been kind of sleepy down the stretch. I think UCSB is coming in uh with a really strong defensive effort. Um I, I don't know if they can get the job done um in terms of, you know, Baylor is Baylor, you know, they're a big 12 team. They've had a tougher schedule all season. They've played a, a much more difficult strength of schedule. One of the top five strengths of schedules, schedules in the country. Um, I believe they're the 15th or 16th ranked team in terms of NET net. Um, with that said, UCSB has got a great defense. They've held opponents under uh, 50, no, 66 points a game. I think like 65 points a game um, from my notes here. And I, I think that there's a there's a chance that they could just catch Baylor in a sleepy spot. I think you can take them with the points to be safe. Um, but I like this 13. If there's going to be a 14-13 upset um, that isn't Furman, um, I think I think uh, UCS – or I, I guess Furman's 13. So if there's going to be a 14-3 upset, uh, I think UCSB will be the one. Um, I actually have Baylor as like a sleeper to make it out of this conference because their yes, guards are this. are nasty. You know, I Flagler, LJ Cryer, and um, and um, Keontae George, I believe, is the third guard. Um, obviously, they have mucho tournament experience. They won it two years ago, playing the toughest conference. But I do think UCSB is a like tougher than average fourteen seed. And Baylor's defense is absolute trash. The only thing is they are actually really aggressive on offense, attacking the rim, um, crashing the glass, getting to the foul line, and they could shoot the hell of it, hell out of it. And like in these single elimination games, like just taking a three point barrage on the chin sometimes just like ends games and like Baylor can a shoot themselves back into it and just like bombs away on teams and knock them out of it. So it's almost like, like their ceiling is really, really high and their floor is really, really low. That's my feeling on Baylor. But my pick to make it out of the region is Alabama. Um, spoiler alert. I have them to win. I have them to win the national championship. Okay. On that limb. Is that limb going to support your weight going all the way out there? (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you want me to say, dude? What do you want me to say? I mean, like usually a number one seed wins. I just want to make sure you're okay. I don't want to see you fall off the limb you're you're going out on. That's all. I have to worry for your safety. I didn't know the best way to bring this up. Um, So I figured since we were in the South region and we were talking about it, I would just say that I picked Alabama. I could have waited until the end, but – I don't know. Yeah, you you should have saved that massive uh, spoiler alert that you were picking the number one overall seed to win the tournament. I don't know. We were all waiting on bated breath for that pick. 
I actually haven't heard anyone pick Alabama. Have you? I have. I have Alabama. Love it. Oh, yes, I love this podcast. I, I, I do. feel so I, good about Arizona right now. You guys are making have me feel so time. good about Arizona. Well, I I was I'm back and forth. We talked about how I've picked this bracket six different times. I've been back and forth between Arizona and that Alabama game. Pretty it. much 50-50 coin toss, 100%, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I really cannot figure out whether Carissa can get it done against against a team like Alabama. But Alabama just looks so good right now, and I don't see them losing. I just worry that they're so good right now that they're going to get cold at the wrong time. Or that the so, law steps in at some point. That that could definitely be part of it. I just, oh, man. They've been so good. So if Bama beats Arizona, I have them winning it all also. Um, I, I know we're getting ahead and we're kind of all over the place here for the listeners at home. But uh, Oh, welcome to me and Jeff doing podcasts. My goodness gracious. I, I just – the fact that you're on Alabama too makes me feel better about it. But also oh, why? It makes me way worse. It shouldn't. Yeah, you mean you're the college basketball savant. You don't need my backing. <laughs> no, you have you're the you have the betting numbers behind you. The only I just have I just have the eyeball test. The only I like your eyeball test thus far, dude. You're killing on this podcast. Um, my bat rationale from for betting Alabama is they they have the best player oh, in the tournament. They have the, the which, best sharp shot profile by a wide wide margin. When they had the uh, committee guy on to like answer, like, how did you, whatever, did anyone else notice that he was like, we don't use things like eye tests? Like, oh, you don't use things like watching basketball? Okay, good to know. Thank you, <laughs> Mr. Committee, man. I'm glad to know you don't use watching basketball games as part of your criteria for picking basketball teams. They're, awesome. They're an algorithm uh, committee. I, well, honestly, at this point, why do we even play the games with humans? They should just be simulations of games based on what we think the humans could do. Like, why do silly things like play games, watch games? I don't want to get into a Westworld episode. <laughs> Alabama has the most, the highest dunk rate in this tournament. They have. All right, we get it. You both like Alabama. They're the number one. Season. The highest three-point rate. They got can it. shoot it from three-point, and Brandon Miller yes, is the best player. They are the number one the team floor. in the country. We got that. Great job, guys. Uh, moving along to the Eastern region. My. One look here. Actually, I'm going to take Memphis to to make it out of this region at plus 1,600. Um, Kendrick Davis, the transfer point guard, is one of the leaders in points over replacement player. The the wing DeAndre Williams is an absolute animal. I think he's averaging 16 and 8. He is around 55% shooting as well. So... I actually have a bet in in my account on Memphis plus sixteen hundred. If it there was no odds, I would actually probably pick Marquette. Um, but like the plus sixteen hundred's too too good to pass up. Uh, Grayson, what are any of your looks in, in the East? What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. 
Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Region. I think this is the hardest region to pick because I think it's there are so many different teams that could come out of out of here. I mean, Kentucky, Oscar Shebway is Oscar Shebway. I mean, if you can't stop him, then Kentucky could make a run all the way to the Final Four. Kansas State has proven this season that they are a legitimate contender with one of the best offenses in the country, they could make a run out of the, out of the field. Marquette is Marquette. I mean, they are the two seed for a reason. They came shout out to Shaka smart has completely overhauled the program in a matter of two, three years or whatever, and turned them into a legitimate powerhouse that could make the final four for the first time since Dwayne Wade. Um, but then at the same time, Vermont could come out and upset Marquette out of the gate. Kentucky could be Kansas state. Kansas state could be Kentucky. Providence could be Kentucky. Oral Roberts could beat Duke. Duke could beat Purdue. I, I think that the East is the most difficult region out of all four. I think it's the group of death in terms of how many teams are capable. I mean, heck, I've said I'm fading Tennessee. I'm fading Tennessee hard. I think that they could pot- potentially lose to Lafayette out of the gates. I think that they lose to Duke or Oral Roberts in the round of 32. With that said, Tennessee was a very good team all year. They're without Ziegler, which is a large reason, the reason that large part of the reason that I'm going to fade them. Um, but Tennessee has proven that they can win. They've proven that they can, you know, compete. I, I think Ziegler's a huge loss. I think that that's going to ultimately hinder them. But even Tennessee could make a run. They could upset Duke. Who the heck knows? I am so conflicted here as of right now. I think Duke is going to be a very popular pick to upset Purdue and Matt Eady in the Sweet 16. I don't see that happening. You so combined have... their best player and their coach into one person. Did I? You said Matt Eady, which I assume you meant either Matt Painter or Zach Eady. I meant both of those things, Matt Painter and Zach Eady. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, I, I think Purdue beats Duke in the sweet 16 to set up an elite eight matchup with Kentucky. And then you've got Edie and Shibwe going at it in the elite eight. And I, I think that's a coin flip, but I, again, uh, I hate going chalk, but I, I am chalky here again, too. I think you're looking at Purdue and Alabama or Purdue and Arizona in the final four on the South and East side. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Purdue um out of the east right now but i think that this is the group of death and i think that this could be the one that you know every year when you look at the bracket tournaments somebody ends up like everybody has red all over one region except for that one person and that one person ends up winning i think whoever gets the east most correct will win every bracket league because i i think that this is one's going to be utter chaos 
Yeah, I agree, but only because this region is like the region of mediocrity. It's like which mediocre team is going to emerge Fair. from this trap of nothingness? That's why I took Memphis at plus sixteen hundred. I I do not think Purdue makes it past the it makes it into the Elite Eight. I do not believe it. Did you I actually I have them losing too, but I have them losing to FAU. I think Memphis and FAU might be two of the better teams in the region, and not only that they kind of robbed us by putting them against each other. It's one of those they games where it's like two teams that would be super enjoyable to possibly watch be bracket busters have to play each other, and it's annoying. Memphis's seeding is frankly disrespectful. Like, they're a too good of a team to be an eight seed, beating, beating Houston. I know Houston was missing their best player, but and F, everyone says FAU is a very underseeded uh, nine seed here. Um, but I have bets in two of the games Grayson talked about. We'll go with the first one, Tennessee, Louisiana. Um, I'm going to keep it simple here. I'm going to go under 136.5 points in Tennessee, um, nice. Louisiana, Lafayette. Um, uh, Tennessee has the um, has actually a worse offensive rating since the beginning of February than Louisiana at 91st. Louisiana is 80th. Neither one of these teams can play offense. Obviously, the Vols issue is missing point guard um, Ziegler. He was 10th in assist rate in the nation. Tennessee has gone under 136.5 points in nine of its last 12 games, but their defense is absolutely insane, and I don't think it's going to like let up here in the first round against a Louisiana Lafayette team that really isn't very good at offense. They've gone under in four straight games by an average of 10 points per game. They don't shoot a lot of threes. They're 320th in free throw percentage, the region Cajuns are. Um, It opened at around 137. Some of the sharper books have it at 136. DraftKings is dealing a 136 and a half. That's where I'm at. So I'm going under Tennessee, Louisiana, Lafayette. I'm assuming you kind of approve that, Grayson, considering you're fading Tennessee, you don't think Louisiana beats them in a shootout, right? I don't think so at all. I think that that's going to be a a, a strong defensive matchup. I think the under there is a, 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 a sharp play for sure. This feels square. I'm going 12 seed Oral Roberts plus six and a half with the points over Duke. Um, the main reason is the different um, Oral Oral Roberts' edge and fast break. They're one of the best transition offenses in the country. They get out and transition at a high rate, and they're 10th in effective field goal percentage out of the transition. Duke is 253rd in defensive effective field goal percentage in transition. Oral Roberts has the longest active winning streak in the country at 17 games. They have um, the best offensive turnover rate in the league, or excuse me, in the tournament. Uh, Duke is 273rd in defensive turnover rate. I think they just a lot are just kind of rely on their bigs to clog up the paint. They don't really get that aggressive on the perimeter. So I think Earl Roberts can be able to execute its offense. Their center Connor Vanover is seven foot five and shoots threes. I think that's actually gonna it's gonna take Duke's bigs out of the paint. And I think with Oral Roberts' shooting ability, they're going to be able to keep this game close. So I'm on Oral Roberts plus six and a half. I don't think it's ever square to bet against Duke in the NCAA tournament. Like, you can't tell me the public is on against Duke. Especially when Max Abmus is playing. That guy is one of the most luxurious players in the country. He, I mean, he proved to us two years ago, what was that, 2021, when they made that deep run to the, the Sweet 16 or whatever it was. I mean, Max Abmus is a a legitimate guard 
who could give Duke some fits. And I, I like what you said about the the uh, Duke's bigs having to get out of the paint. I think that's absolutely true, which then opens up that space for Admus to slip his way up the middle and drive to the brim. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not personally betting Oral Roberts Duke um, just because I, I don't, I don't feel entirely confident that Duke won't just come out and make a statement with all the, you know, noise surrounding Oral Roberts. Um, but I think that that's a, as square as it is, I think it's an interesting pick because six and a half, this game is going to be close. Perhaps the move here, if I, I'd have to see the number, um, I think first half could be interesting too, because Oral Roberts should keep it close to the first half. The question is whether Duke can pull it out and stretch it deep in the second. Yeah, my one hesitancy with hesitancy, hesitancy, excuse me, with fading Duke is that uh, Coach K hasn't made his teams better down the stretch in recent years, but has recruited like a madman. This new coach, uh, John Schreier, started out a little weak and has really, really gotten it going with Duke recently. And it feels like it's the opposite of Coach K, where it's like this younger guy is developing and like in the lab, so to speak, as Grayson would say, and like creating like new and different ways, or I guess coaching adjustments for Duke. So I'm a little nervous because I, I like what that coach has done this year. Um, what do you have in this, in this region, um, Dan? So I, I like the Duke discussion and this is a perfect example of why I like doing multiple brackets. Cause I have two thoughts on Duke in several brackets. I have them losing in the first round in a few others. I have them winning this region. And like, to me, that is how thin these margins are. And I don't think people understand that. How could you hold both positions that Duke can lose in the first round and be, and still be a region winner? Like at, at the, you must not like them, but I don't know. Like you'll know early on, I, I've found this to be true in a lot of tournaments. When a team struggles in the first round with a underseeded team, I pretty much write them off as like, they're not winning the tournament. Like you can kind of just see what a tournament team is made of pretty quickly. And what I think is going to happen in this game is we're going to find that out about Duke. They're either going to be a team that's actually as good as they should be because they're Duke and they're going to blow the doors off Oral Roberts, in which case I will feel very good about my brackets that have them advancing to the final four or they're not. And they might lose in this round. And if they don't lose in this round, they're going to lose in the next round because, and I think we're going to know that early. So I don't know which way it's going to go, but I do think we're going to know pretty quickly. Yeah, I think I like I said with um, Baylor. I think Duke has a low low floor, high ceiling. Right, that's pretty much what you're getting at here. So, um, I feel that way about a lot of teams. That's why I do so many brackets because, like, ah, I don't know. Duke is a this region is really tough for me. Uh, really personally. tough. Because there's just not, like, I got 12 brackets, and I probably have, let's see, I have Duke coming out of it in a, a couple. I have Kentucky coming out of it in a couple. I have Michigan State coming out of it in, like, one. I think I picked Purdue in one. I think I picked Marquette in one. Like, I don't feel good about any of these teams. Like, in every other region, I have, like, a region favorite. Like, I picked Arizona in probably half the brackets I did to come out of that region. You know, later on, I'm, I'm pretty big on Houston coming out of that region because I just don't think it's that hard of a region. Um, but man, I just don't have a consensus on this one. I, I think Kentucky is probably the team I have coming out of this region the most. I don't understand the love. Pro first of all, I think Kentucky got a 
absolute dream draw. I think Providence sucks. I really don't understand the hype they're getting other than I think it's just anti-Kentucky bias. Because um, anybody who's watched Providence or knows anything about Providence, which I have, they suck. So I don't. Th- I think it's a really easy first-round matchup. Kansas State is arguably one of the worst three seeds I've ever seen. I cannot believe they're a three seed. I think that's a super easy matchup. And then, you know, if it is Marquette, I don't – I just – I'm not big on the Big East. Like, I guess that's what it is. I guess I have an anti-Big East bias. It's it's really screwed me over several times this year in betting. Uh, I think these teams are all kind of interchangeable. I don't love Marquette. So I think Kentucky actually has a nice draw here and actually could win this region. So there's they're my long shot. They might even be my most popular pick to win this region. I've been on Kentucky too. I think it's I think it's Kentucky Purdue in the Elite Eight, and it's a battle of Edie and Shibway, which will be bananas. Which makes Kentucky a great value here because they're plus twelve hundred to win the region. So if you bet them now and you do get them in the Elite Eight, you can easily hedge off of it. I'm on Memphis and Marquette. I went to a Big East school. I am uh, I have Big East bias and Tyler Kolick. Is that how you say it? Right? He, he's the best. The fact that you don't know tells me everything I need to know. Fade Marquette. I mean, he's the best. Besides Kendrick Davis, is the best point guard in the, in this region. I mean, that guy, Big East Player of the Year, is is a is a bad. I understand your take, but like you can't you can't have all of your analysis be it's just based on the guards. No, I mean, in Shaka we trust, right? Shaka is a pretty good tournament coach, and Marquette has they're seven and two versus top twenty five teams. If I'm, if I'm wrong, he's never won anything. No, he's gotten to the final four though once, right? Uh, yes, two thousand eleven. Right. I mean, I mean, he he did win the NIT, the CBI, and the CAA. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe outside he is of, a guy outside of Michigan State who's won anything in this in this region. Isn't that Kentucky? kind of part of your point? Calipari. That's true. Fair enough. I take that back. Excuse me. All right. Fair enough. Um. I think I think Marquette between their guard play and Shaka Smart um, will get through to the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight. But I think they end up losing to Memphis. I think Memphis is that's bold. Look, I'll give you that. That after after coming off the Alabama's going to win the region, uh, throwing Memphis out there, you go you go and do something like that and totally redeem yourself. Well, I have another hot take for the Midwest region, um, but I only got one game um, pick. And I'm taking 10 seed Penn State over Texas A&M. I'm also Heck yeah, you are. I'm also sprinkling on Penn State to win the uh, the Midwest region. I'm Hell plus 3,500. Yes, you are. Because Hashtag of, we are, um, baby. Because of their guard play. Say it. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Pickett might be the best player in this tournament outside of Brandon Miller. Um, they have the most experience. They're top 10 and three-point shooting. And the reason why I like them in this matchup, Texas A&M, good defense. They just allow teams to chuck threes, and that is not the way you want to play against this team. Um, We saw Penn State almost steal one against Purdue. They're trending up coming into this game. I'll take Jalen Pickett over over Wade Taylor. I think think both teams are going to end up defaulting towards their their best players with the highest usage, and I like Jalen Pickett in this matchup. So... Also, Penn State neutralizes two of Texas A&M's offensive strengths, which is getting to the free throw line and offensive rebounding. Penn State is well above both, or well above average in both. As a as Jeff alluded to, I went to Penn State. I'm a 
you know, a Penn State fan, obviously, having gone there. Um, I'm glad they lost the Big Ten tournament because what always worries me is that that team that goes on a run to win their conference tournament, especially a big conference tournament that's unexpected, tends to flop in the tournaments. Like that was their that was their chance. They got it. They got there. They did. Iowa did it last year. Iowa did it last year in the Big Ten. They came out of nowhere and won the Big Ten as a five seed last year and completely. They were a super popular pick in last year's tournament and completely flamed out. Um, I love that Penn State lost that game, uh, ultimately for their futures, uh, especially that they came back and lost in like a heartbreaking fashion. It almost feels like, you know, they should be hungry. The only thing I don't like is that was a long run and they played an overtime game and then every game they played was close. That's a lot. That was a lot of basketball in four days. And then they got to play again on Thursday. Thank gosh. It's a, it's a night game. I'm glad they got the night game and not, not an earlier game, but I am a little nervous about the legs because um, they seemed a bit tired in that Purdue game. I don't factor in fatigue at one fucking bit when looking at the, your college kids. You've had plenty of days. You better be able to get up and down the court in 40 minutes. You better. With all those TV timeouts in the tournament. It's not about getting up and down the court. It's about they're a three-point shooting team. If there's anything in those legs, if those legs can't aren't there for 40 full minutes, it's a problem for a three-point shooting team. That's all I'm, I'm not look, I'm picking Penn State too. I have them winning this region in a couple of of uh my 12 brackets because honestly, they're the anatomy of an upset. They are a scrappy team that shoots a ton of threes. The only downside with Penn State is they do tend to have quite a bit of possessions which can limit variance, but still. They're a team that can definitely make some noise. Grayson Talk some sense in us. Who do you like coming out of the Midwest or what games do you like in the first round? Um, I think Northern Kentucky, the last I saw it was 19 and a half. Um, I think Northern Kentucky hangs close with Houston, assuming Love that um, what's his face? I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Sasser. Uh, yes. Assuming that he is out. Um, I, I think Northern Kentucky hangs close at 19 and a half. Uh, I'd have to look at the first half line. I think that's also very interesting. I think we see a lot of times in the NCAA tournament, a lot of these teams like a Northern Kentucky that have proven that they are better than their 16 seed. If they weren't, you know, a bad conference and a, 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 a not super exciting name, they're probably more like a 14, uh, maybe even a 13. And I know that doesn't seem like a big jump. It is when it comes to, you know, March Madness and a 16 seed, you know, Northern Kentucky is miles and miles better than, you know, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, or Texas Southern, or any of those other 16 seeds. Um, I don't think that this will be a 16 over one upset, but I think Northern Kentucky will keep it close. I think that's very interesting. And then the other pick that I like here, um, and I know it's kind of popular so far, I, I think Drake could just beat Miami outright. Um, Miami, don't get me wrong. Yes, they have one of the most efficient offenses in the country. Sure, Isaiah Wong is one of the best players in the nation, ACC player of the year, well-balanced, all that stuff. Great. But Drake does a really, really good job of keeping opponents off of the offensive glass. And I think Drake is going to have ha, give Miami some trouble um, in terms of, you know, Miami gets cold a lot. They're very streaky in their scoring. When they're hot, they're hot. When they're cold, they're cold. If they get really cold, Drake might just continue to bully them all the way through, keep things close, and then pull it off in a last-second win. Um, they've got a great defense. They've got a, the ability 
to score when they need to. Tucker DeVries, I believe is his name, um, is the team's leading scorer. He's a guard over there. Uh, they have all the makings of a team that is a 12-5 upset. Um, I, I think that there's decent value here. Last I saw, they were, I think, plus 135-ish, um, which doesn't sound great for a 12-5 matchup. It is. I'm not saying it's going to happen because Miami is very good. Their offense is great. But I think that there's a lot of, um, if you're going to pick a 12-5 matchup, I, I think Drake is the one to do. Um, right now with. they're two point underdogs at Miami or versus Miami. Yeah, um, I think I think if you're looking for the value play, you take a money line. Um, again, it's a value play. It's not a lock. It's not a guarantee. But I think if you're looking for some value, Drake money line over Miami is an interesting spot. Yeah, this is another one where like one of my favorite teams to fade is going to play another one of my favorite teams to fade possibly, which is Miami who I think is overrated, and Indiana, who I think is overrated. Um, I, I completely few... agree. Both of those teams, I think Kent State could beat Indiana in the first round too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think I have that permutation as well. Yeah. I have that permutation as well, where it's Drake playing Kent State in the uh, second round. I hate advancing Indiana, but there are some spots where it's like, well, I mean, if they do play Drake, like, I like Drake, but, you know still feels like it this is again why you know i i know you're kind of fading houston a little bit but like i love houston's path here it was hard to pick against houston because obviously they play a 16 seed in the first round i don't think they're gonna lose um you know i think iowa stinks auburn's okay and they'll be playing in birmingham but houston's just far better than auburn then they're gonna get a matchup of what i believe to be two of the weaker five or four seeds or possibly a 12 or a 13 in the elite eight and then basically you're down to one game and it's just whoever comes out of the other side. And even on the other side, like Texas, I have questions about Xavier. I think is a relatively weak three. Um, Iowa state's a week six. Like I just don't see, it's hard for me to see Houston not making the elite eight. And it's even difficult to see them not making the final four. Um, this Drake line, Drake Miami line is suspicious. They're two point underdogs. Every other five seed is at least four point favorites. Or, yeah, because people like them. People like Drake's. It's a great draw for Drake because Miami, as good as their offense has been, is so streaky. When they are cold, they're so cold. And and uh, yes, seven losses versus twenty five wins. Fine. Drake also has seven losses to 27 wins. So I also think it's being targeted it's as like the 5-12. It is, and it, it definitely is, and I think there's a reason for that. I think Drake is going to give him some trouble. I, I think that there's a real opportunity for Drake to just keep Miami off of the offensive glass all afternoon and make the Hurricanes' lives a living hell. Um, we'll see, though. We'll see. No, I'm with you on Drake. It's – it's um. Pros Joe's game in the betting market, according to and More money on Drake. More bets on N- 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 Miami. Wait, is is Drake gonna curse Drake? Oh my God! No, probably not. He probably doesn't. I would know like, who yeah, Drake I is. would actually like to preface that. I would like to revoke my Drake pick if Drake picks Drake. Oh, I love it. No, you gotta lock in the bet now. You going Drake or not, dude? I am, and but I'm gonna cash out if Drake picks Drake. <laughs> I love that. Damn it, you're in a cash out. Say it. I can't do that. Yeah, man. This I gotta, I gotta, only, I gotta text the guy like, yo, can you void that or what? <laughs> <laughs> yo, dude, Drake just bet on Drake. I need you to pull that. Yeah. I need you to pull that right now. Don't worry, I'll put more money on VCU St. Mary's. Just help me out here. 
Um, no, yeah, you're going to get my money either way. I just don't want you taking it that way. I'm yeah. Um, we didn't mention it. I can't believe Grayson didn't mention it. Miami's defense sucks, and it got worse with Norchad Amir um, yep. spraining his ankle and most likely missing the, this first-round game. I'm on my I'm on Drake here just because of this suspicious line. I feel like the sports books, like you say, yeah, this is the twelve five matchup everyone's targeting. Well, the sports books are begging for Miami action, absolutely begging for it, like by making it minus two. So, um, if you're saying Miami's streaky and they're missing their best defensive player, maybe they miss some shots and Drake's sneaky good offense um, puts it to them a little bit. And Drake's got a pretty good defense as well. Yeah, they do. And and Tucker DeVries, I mean, he can really like they they have a trio of knockdown three-point shooters. So, if Drake can get hot from beyond the beyond the arc, they could they could give Miami some trouble. Dude, I okay. read something that was that... the lamest. Hold on. We're not going to let him go with that. Yes, we are. That was like the We're... lamest analysis I've ever. If they get hot from 3, they could give them some trouble. You could well, say that about every team and every game in the entire I have given season. I have given deeper analysis on Drake in the last 5 minutes. But they have a trio of three-point shooters that, if they can spread the ball to those three, you know, if Northern Kentucky can get defender, super hot from three, they could give you some trouble. Just but don't, they won't because don't, Northern don't, Kentucky won't get hot. Grayson, yeah, don't let him do this engage. to you. you don't let engage. him do this to you. He's yeah, just trying you to get under your skin. I live with this <laughs> shit. I'm telling you, I talk to this guy all the time. <laughs> you spent three minutes, if not more, breaking down why Drake was going to beat Miami, and this asshole just comes out of left field. No, he, he didn't. He put a fucking bow on it. You're you're ruining it. I think I read somewhere that Drake's average uh, age in their starting lineup is 23 years old. I love that experience and continuity. Yeah, All right, a lot of transfers. Spent a lot of too much, probably too much time speaking about Drake Miami. Who are your guys' picks to come out of the Midwest? Yeah, I, I have trouble just finding anyone outside of Houston. Really, I don't love Texas. I don't love Xavier. Um, you know. The, the the blue in me that wants to pick Penn State, like I do think it's possible, but you know if I'm being realistic, I don't think Penn State's coming out of this region. Um, I hate being chalky here because I just hate it, but I just I don't really like any of the other top end teams in this region. I think whoever wins Texas Penn State comes out of the region. I, I'll go Texas. I gotta go Texas. I don't hate that at all. I think Texas comes out of this spot too. Um, I think another team to watch, and and this this definitely comes with a hint of SEC bias, and I am not afraid to admit that. I think Auburn, if they get past Iowa, I think that Auburn Iowa eight nine game is one of the better games of the first round because uh, they're two very different teams that have both had kind of up and down seasons. But if Auburn takes Iowa. It could take Houston, and then if it takes Houston, that run to the Final Four really only requires you to beat Texas because, like we've kind of said here, I think all of us aren't big fans of Miami. We're not huge fans of Indiana. Um, The other teams in that, you know, Xavier, whatever. Texas-Auburn in the Elite Eight is a very realistic possibility, um, assuming that Houston flounders the way that it did against Memphis. Um Again, that's a big assumption, but I think Auburn's a sneaky spot here if you're looking for value uh, to get out of this this region for sure. Dude. It starts way too much analysis with the word if. Hey, if this happens, then this might happen. 
Grayson, don't don't Grayson. That's all you can do in March. <laughs> um, I actually like Iowa March, to beat. Man. I actually like Iowa to to beat Auburn, and because of the injury to Sasser, I'm going to take Iowa to beat Houston as well. That's what wow. I have in my bracket. I'm not going to. I don't. I'm not sure if I'm going to write. I'll, I'll actually write up Iowa over Houston if they make it that far. This kid, Chris Murray, the the twin brother of of uh, Keegan, he's fifth in VORP of this this entire uh, tournament. So Dude, like, they miss they miss Keegan so much though. For sure, but you're an SEC guy, great uh, Grayson. Help me out here. Auburn sucks. Their offense is fucking. Grayson trash. loves them. He just said if they win the first round and if they win the second round and if they win the third round, they could win the fourth round. It's, it's because of their defense, though, right? Yes. Yeah, it's because of their defense, one hundred percent. I I think that their offense is way too streaky. I don't I don't love them getting over Iowa. I think the game is going to be awesome. I think it's a coin flip. I think Iowa Auburn is going to be a fantastic game. Um, but I I think Auburn, if they get hot at the right time, I know you could say if that about every team. If they shoot threes, they make those threes, man. This could be a this could be a good game. That's not their forte. Wendell Green, if he gets hot. The way that he has proven he can, he could carry this team. All you need in March is one player to get out at the right time. Wendell Green has been all over the place in the last 10 or so games. He's had, I think, four or five games, maybe two games. Uh, Hang on. Let me – I have it here. He's had five games with 11 or less points in the last seven, and two of those last seven he had at least 20 points. So he is unbelievably streaky, and this entire Auburn team, when you ask if they suck, I wouldn't say that they suck. I would say that they're incredibly inconsistent. And if they can find this consistency out of the blue, which doesn't necessarily like come overnight, but if they can take down Iowa and find that consistency in the game where Wendell Green finds his his feet, starts scoring, starts driving to the rim um, – they have a really strong defense. They've held teams to under 29% in the three-point range, um, and that doesn't help them a lot with Iowa or Houston, but they have a great defense that could that could really step up and, and do some damage if they find that consistency. Consistency is key for Auburn in March Madness. Sure. I'm willing to fade them, though, because Auburn is 314th in three-point percentage. They're yes. 317th in defensive rebounding and 331st in defensive free throw attempt rate. And they, because of all of that, they're terrible in close games. Can't close out defensive possessions with rebounds. They send opponents to the free throw line. They can't hit big threes. I mean, it's they coin flip. It's a, if, but, it, but if they do. But if um, they do. He's not going to show up ever again if you're on this podcast because this bullshit. Quit it, Dan. All right. <laughs> I'm picking Texas. Um, Kat, um, Dan, who are you out of the Midwest again? Houston. Houston. And you're also Texas, right, Grayson? I am. I've got Texas. But again, I've filled out this bracket so many different times that my brain keeps switching. But as of right now, I have Texas, yes. Let's be through the West region to an extent. I mean, obviously, oh, if we have some no, analysis no, 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 no. here. This is my favorite region. Well, here's what irritates. This happens every year. I have a couple teams that I'm like eyeballing going into Selection Sunday. It's like, oh, that's going to be a team I, I, I want to keep my eye on. And they always put them all in the same region. It happens every goddamn year. They put like three of my four favorites in the same region and make me have to pick one. And then I got to pick some trash coming out of the Purdue's region. No one in that region I love. 
And yet you're going to put UCLA, Gonzaga, and St. Mary's, three teams that I really like in this tournament, all in the same region. It's irritating. By the way, UCLA is the only non-one seed to be favored to win their region. Yeah, they are screwed with no Jalen Clark. That's kind of why I crossed. I I liked UCLA before his injury. I was going to pick them to win the national championship. I'm crossing them off now. My pick to win this region is Gonzaga. And I kind of just throw my arms up when I got here because of your article, essentially, Dan, partially because of it. This this region's loaded. I don't yeah. I don't know. Like, and it feels like no one really likes Gonzaga, you know? Like they got their asses whooped by Baylor a couple years ago in the National Championship. They didn't have a very good performance last year, and everyone's just kind of over. And it's like, I, oh, I, Drew Timmy again. Especially in brackets where you're when where you're in with a lot of people. Gonzaga is a great pivot because they screwed over so many people over the last couple years when they were favored that people are going to shy away from them. Not only that, what happens in these tournaments people forget is like people tend to gravitate towards brand names. So like my Kentucky pick, I like it, but people are going to pick Kentucky because they're Kentucky. They've heard of them. Um, But this region, what helps you as far as fading for Gonzaga is you have huge brand names, Kansas, UCLA. Connecticut, like UConn, you've got names to help guard against Gonzaga. I don't think Gonzaga is going to be very popular of a pick. And at plus 400, like the top of this region, the odds are UCLA at 275, Kansas at 350, Gonzaga at 400, UConn at 400. The sportsbooks are basically like, I don't know, probably going to be one of those four teams. But like every other region has a much bigger gap between, especially between one and two or between two and three. There's a gap somewhere. Here, there's just, like, no gap. And to me, with Gonzaga, you're betting the team with the most known, like, unit in the entire region. Their offense gets buckets. Like, you know it. You know they can score, right? Like, UConn, all the other teams have fair question marks, I think. But, like, you know you can hang your hat on Gonzaga being able to get points when they need to. Getting stops is another question. Um, I have three looks in this. I'm going, I'm fading St. Mary's. I'm taking VCU plus four. VCU's peaking. Uh, St. Mary's is trending down. VCU's in a nine-game winning Swear. streak. They've beaten, they beat the crap out of all their the all their conference tournament opponents. They're 25th in net rating since over the last month. What's the line? Uh, it's plus four. I'll take it. Okay, cool. 50 bucks. Um, St. Mary's is 38th in net efficiency over the last month. They're four and two straight up, but only two and four against the spread. VCU has played in three of the last four NCAA tournaments. They've been bounced out in the first round each one each time. I think they're ready to break through. They have a really good shot profile. They're seventh in this tournament and dunk rate, second and close to uh, point attempt rate. And this is weird and random, but like VCU has a travel edge here. St. Mary's is playing in the Western bracket in Albany, New York, where I'm from. They're playing at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's, it's Why are you worried about these are college kids? They should be able to get up and wake up and get up and down the floor. 22 years old, Grandpa Clark said 20 think, minutes ago. I think flying across country is just a weird, it's just a weird thing for anyone. And mm. I think even more so for college kids. I don't think having to run up and down the court is going to, is going to like fatigue plays a factor, but I think the travel and 
adding that to like the media stuff um, just makes the whole situation more annoying effectively. So I'm on VCU plus four. Uh, Grayson, do you have a bet in this region on, on any of the games? I have two more that I can bounce off you guys. I thought VCU plus four was interesting. I've been looking at that one. Um, the one that I think will be particularly surprising to many uh, is North Carolina Asheville with the points against UCLA. I don't think UNC Asheville has enough to get the job done. Um, like overall, just outright. But Drew Pember, remember the name. If you don't know the name now, Drew Pember, you haven't watched enough college basketball this year. But Drew Pember, he is a forward for UNC Or if you do Asheville. know the name, you've watched far too much college basketball. I Both of those statements can be true. <laughs> Drew Pember is the forward for UNC Asheville. He's averaging Wait, both 21. of those statements can't be true. No, they can. They can be true. You, okay. if, you, if you know the name, you've watched too much. If you don't know the name, you've watched too little. 100%. Okay, so there, so there are only two options. You either watch too much college basketball or you watch too little, but you could not have possibly watched that the was the point, Dan. It was a, that's the point. If you don't know the name, you haven't watched enough. If you do know the name, you've watched too much. That was the point. It's a joke. Lighten up. Um, Drew Pember, 21 oh, yeah. points a game. Of the three of us, I'm the one who needs to lighten up and doesn't take himself too seriously. <laughs> I'm much calmer than you, dude. 10, 10, 10 rebounds, three assists. It's a character I play. Just call me Stephen A. Zakshevsky. Stephen A. Stephen. Too much. There's too many. That's too many syllables. It doesn't roll off the tongue the way that Drew Pember does. Senior guy, six ten. I think he gives uh, UCLA some trouble in in the backcourt, um, the front court rather. Um, I, I think UNC Asheville with the points is a, is a really interesting play. I'm curious to see what it opens up with for the first half, uh, because I really like UNC Asheville to keep it close in the first half. I just question, um, you know, whether they can hold off in the second half, but they will. And I like UNC Asheville with the points. And then another one here, Jeff, I think we're on different sides of this one. I really like North Weezy minus one and a half. Um, I think Northwestern, everyone is looking at Boise State as the better team here. And I don't think they're wrong in terms of statistics, but I think Boo Booey um, is going to really just take over this game. And they've got one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten, Chase Odgi. I can't remember how to say his name right now. But uh, Chase Odgi is going to lock down the Broncos defensively. Boo Boo is going to drive the bus uh, in terms of scoring and drive to the basket to put Northwestern win this game by two points, three points. But they will cover the one and a half, I think, despite what I know Jeff is about to say. And I know what a lot of people out there are saying about Boise State being the better team. Boise State is favored as – a 10 seed over a seven seed, which is rare and extremely uncommon. Um, I, I think that that's a little bit inflated. I think Northwestern's not getting the respect that they deserve for particularly Boo Booey um, and their defensive prowess uh, down there in the, in the paint. I mean, man, if Boo Boo, if Boo Booey gets hot, dude, whew, not if Boo Booey will get hot. He's going to play really well this week. There um, you go. People well, love Boo Booey. I love Boo Booey. I, I love saying his name too. So that could be part of it. But All right, Mountain West guy. Rebuttal? Yeah, I think the Big Ten's overrated. I've always thought that. It's a bunch of stiff white boys beating up on each other. Um, and I think the um, Mountain West is underrated. Boise, 
Isn't Boise just a bunch of stiff white guys? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look at their images on Getty Images. Probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what? An Idaho team. But your argument is that that's not – it depends who they're playing against. It's about the opponents, not about the team. Right. If Boise State was playing Houston here, I'd be like, eh. But they're playing Northwestern. So. Yep. Um, and them Idaho, them Idaho white boys, whew, I wouldn't want to mess with them. Yeah. The Brokeback Mountain guys. Um, Northwestern <laughs> is in – Illinois. Yeah, Evanston. Yeah, yeah, it's in Illinois. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I'm taking my Idaho white boys over my Illinois white boys every time. That's great analysis, and I'm piggybacking off of that. DraftKings has Boise State plus 2,200 to win the West and Northwestern plus 3,500. So there's actually low-key a big gap between these teams. Boise State open as favorites. Now they're down to one and a half point underdogs because everyone likes the Big Ten, right? And it kind of goes along my narrative. It's just Big Ten is overrated. Mountain West has been a sneaky good conference. They have four teams, I believe, in the uh, NCAA tournament. Northwestern can't shoot worth shit. They're 320th in effective field goal percentage. Boise State's 101st. Uh, Northwestern, again, they allow their opponents to shoot three-point shots. They're 325th in three-point attempt rate allowed. Max Wright, or excuse me, Max Rice and Chibuzu Agbo for uh, Boise State both shoot 40% from three. I think they're going to light it up. And again, Northwestern's defense is pretty good, but if they're just going to allow Boise State to chuck threes, I think they're going to get kind of buried here. And... The fact that Boise State opened up as a favorite, I think, is kind of the sports book saying, you know what, Boise State's a better team, and I'm going to fade the public disagreeing with the sports book. Yeah, I, I don't love. I didn't realize the line had moved that much. I don't. That doesn't make me feel great, but I, I do think that Northwestern's defense will prove prove to be too much for the Broncos in this instance. All right, Dan, do you have anything in this region or do you want to just wrap up with our final four picks and our picks to win the the championship, even though we've kind of trickled them out throughout the podcast? Yeah. um, Good question. I don't have the lines in front of me, and that's that's kind of hurting my ability to uh, make picks. I can read them all for you real quick. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I can do that. No, I'm, I'm like kind of looking. I mean, I got I got my St. Mary's against you, which I'm ecstatic about. Mostly because I like fading you on your own show. It's kind of my favorite thing. Yeah, well, uh, didn't work yeah, well in the I, NFL I think playoffs we, for you. I think we can. Uh, I think we can just talk region here. Like I said, I kind of. I have a lot of teams in this region. I really like. If I have to pick one, I think. I'm with you. I think I'm going Gonzaga as my favorite. If I had to rank them, I would go Gonzaga 1, UCLA 2, St. Mary's 3, uh, UConn 4, Kansas 5. I just don't think Kansas is coming out of this region. I think they got a really tough draw. Um, that's unfortunate for them as the arguably the second best team in the country coming into the tournament. I know uh, what's-his-face on CBS was, like, giving him shit during the selection show. It was like, Kansas should be number two, while Houston's, like, up cheering, and he's like, Kansas should be ahead of Houston. And I think they got easily the toughest draw. So I'm going to go Gonzaga, but I like sprinkling St. Mary's at 10-1 to 1 as well. And I'm not giving up on UCLA because of one injury. I think that's too easy of an analysis, and I think their team can still be a force to be reckoned with. It's just a tough region. I think Boise State gets them in the round of 32. 
But again, I'm I'm the mountain man of this podcast. I got well, Gonzaga. If Boise State plays UCLA, hit me up. We got another fifty bucks. I'll take UCLA I'll take the points. every day. Gotcha. Um, I got Gonzaga making it out of Why the Why do you West. need points? You just said they were going to win. Because outright, I always take the points. Take it outright, you coward. We've talked about this over recent weeks. I always take the points. Every time. Um, I'm going to take Gonzaga to win the West. I'm going to take Memphis to win the East. I'm going to take Texas to win the Midwest and advance to the finals and lose to Alabama, who will win the South and the national championship. Because of shot profile. They get the most dunks. They attempt the most threes. They allow the fewest dunks and the fewest closed two-pointers. That's my Alabama analysis. And Brandon Miller, he's dangerous, but he's good. He's for sure dangerous. Yeah. Well, his friends are. Who knows? I mean, he's just wrong place, wrong time. Depends what side you're on. Uh, Yeah, so... My most common Final Four is probably Kentucky, Arizona, Houston, and Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga and Arizona in the final, and I am on the Wildcats to cut down the nets. I have so many Pac-12 friends that went to Arizona. I kind of don't like that team. Is it me hanging out with you? Like, my West Coast bias, as I was looking at this, I was like, why am I so heavily biased to the damn West Coast all of a sudden? I love UCLA, St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Freaking uh, Arizona. What is happening? I think you're naturally contrarian and there's an East Coast bias that you're fading. Oh, I like that. That's a better explanation. Grayson? I like I like San Diego State a little bit, too. Yeah. <laughs> you love the West Coast. Dude, I'm, I love the Mountain West, you know? Uh, my final four. This is where I, I really like I, I'm going to be uncertain. And I, I know that's no fun because I should just pick it. But I'm going to say Bama. If? No. You have I'm to give your say, pick and then say if that happens. This, this I'm going to say Bama, Texas, the winner of Purdue and or Kentucky, and then the winner of Kansas-Gonzaga. Um, I, I, I haven't quite figured out what I'm doing in the East and the West. We haven't yet. talked at all about Kansas, so can you – it feels like we were all fading them, and then you kind of threw them out there. So, what do you like? Why do you like Kansas, and everyone else seems to not? They have a pretty decent. I mean, I think Arkansas is super streaky. They're going to beat Howard. Credit to Howard, unbelievable run, fantastic season. Kansas is going to beat Howard. They likely beat Arkansas. Arkansas is super streaky. Then you've got either St. Mary's, UConn, or VCU. I mean, I guess Iona could be in there too, but I don't think anyone has Iona. Um, and then, and then you're looking at you know the elite eight against. Uh, I think the bottom half of the West is more difficult than the top half. I think UCLA and Gonzaga are very good. I think that's going to be an awesome rematch in the Sweet Sixteen. I, I just, I just think Kansas has proved this year that they are a very good team, um, and I, I think Gonzaga is going to beat them. I think Gonzaga, this is the year. It, everything the stars are aligning for Gonzaga to to make their run drew Timmy's final push, you know, whatever you want to call it. But that game is going to be fun. Kansas, Gonzaga and Purdue, Purdue, Kentucky down there in the East and the West. Um, I don't want to be super chalky and just go all ones and two seeds. Uh, so I'm going to leave the door open for Kentucky and Gonzaga. I, I do think Gonzaga will be in the final four. 
And I think Kentucky Purdue is going to be interesting. It is so interesting gonna... you you say that. Like, I don't want to be chalky and pick ones and twos, but like the statistics show, like that's what happens. Like, yep. we all want to like pick that upset and be right, but like ones and twos make the Final Four, like most of the time. Uh, most that's of funny because me and Grayson really wanted to pick Alabama, and then you just jumped down our throats about it. Well, yeah, he was going with the, the two seed. Though. I went with the two seed. Thank you, Grayson. Yeah, yeah. You know I'll what? give you that one. Little There's old Arizona, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're plucky. They're up and coming. <laughs> the the Kansas argument is actually pretty easy. If if Bill Self can come back, he's probably the best coach in the tournament. They have the most quad one wins. Yep, they sure do. But I think they lost too much from their championship team last year, and that's kind of why I crossed them off. And I don't anticipate Bill Self coming back. I think that matters eventually. Even though Norm Roberts, former St. John's University coach is uh, now running shit for Kansas while Bill Self is on the men. So I'm kind of rooting for them in that sense. But that's all I got on this. I'm going Alabama to win it. Uh, Dan, you're going Arizona. And Grayson's reluctantly picking Alabama based on a whole bunch of factors. And he could completely change his mind. And he has. Yeah. Well, as as of right now, actually, I I have Purdue um, because I the best player – just the one seed, pretty decent. No, no, I'm going to Alabama reluctantly, and I'm locking it in right there, and I'm sticking with it in all of my brackets. I have Alabama winning the national championship. I'm saying it. Who the hell I'm locking it in. I'm not changing it. I, I told you it gets messy once you get down to the the later rounds, and I haven't quite figured it out yet. But I have some some early first round picks. That Make I sure you get in this survivor pool. Want to see you here? About. No, I don't want this. That's too complicated. Too much math. It's, there's no math. Pick too, teams too to much win. Science and Pick too teams much to win. Thinking. I'm not a. I'm not a big thinker. We yeah, we got that. <laughs> All right, homies. Well, best of luck in your March Madness bracket or Survivor pool or Calcutta or however you're getting down in March Madness. Um, it's a toss-up tournament. Who knows who's gonna win this shit? Whatever. I'm on Alabama, but either way, show us some love on social media. Where can people follow you, Grayson? At GSunJW on Twitter. Dan. The people know. At Outkick Dan Z. Hit me up. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Peace. Peace.